Ah, yes, the sounds of my youth. Chris Cornell, Soundgarden, Black Hole Sun, kicking things off for us on this edition of Campfire Conversations. I think this is episode 18. Uh, This is just bonus content coming at you as frequently as I can put it out there. Uh, I've got a great conversation for you today with uh, one of my favorite guests, Sportsman's Alliance's VP of Marketing and Communications, Brian Lynn, jumps on from Washington State. Sportsman's Alliance, uh, so important here in 2022, especially as we are fighting anti-hunting factions and the politicians that are in their back pockets, they're responsible for introducing uh, the legislation that these clowns want passed in every state. Uh, But Sportsman's Alliance tracks it all across 50 states. That's a freaking thankless job. Uh, But they do amazing work. And uh, I'm thrilled to have Brian jump on because, wow, there's some damning stuff coming out of the... uh, Well, it's not... They're trying to suppress it. They don't even want you to know about it. But the Biden administration doing deals behind closed doors on... Hunter's behalf, and we don't even have a, a voice. Come on, man. <laughs> Thank you, Joe. I appreciate that. Could you imagine if uh, Trump would have just called the reporter a stupid son of a bitch? Oh, the media would have had a field day with that. But hey, rules, rules. The left can't be canceled. Meanwhile, uh, my Instagram page still down. Two weeks later, with uh, no recourse, no end in sight. Uh, yeah, just gone. Overnight, without really doing anything wrong. They don't like hunting content. They don't like conservative values. We get it. But uh, I didn't break the rules. Doesn't matter. Ugh, I'm a little fired up today, guys. I might even say a few bad words. I don't know. We'll see how it goes. But uh, without further ado, let's bring him on right now. Joining us now for Campfire Conversations, our old pal, Brian Lynn of Sportsman's Alliance. Thank you. Great to be here again. Of course. Always great to visit with you. There's so much to get into today. Uh, one big a bombshell uh, we're going to talk about. But first, dude, I'm so pissed right now because not about my social. You're laughing because we were just off there talking about my Instagram <laughs> account being deleted. And uh, where do, where does the outdoor industry go from here? Do we have a plan? Right now, it doesn't seem like we have a plan. And I, and I told you, the shit is flowing downstream. It's, it ended up in my lap right now, but it's going to end up in all of our laps. So do we sit there as individuals and just wait for them to pick us off one by one? Or do we have a plan that says, you know what? Screw that. We're not going to stand for that. You cancel him. We're going to all support his next page. It's not a woe is me cable thing. It's a, wow, this tells us a lot about where we're at as hunters in modern day social media. It'd be different if I went on Instagram and said some, you know, racist thing or was on there trying to sell guns or actually violating their rules, which I never did. They don't like my politics and they don't like hunting, Brian. And that's why they kicked me off. So what do we do as a hunting community? I don't know. I don't know. But uh, yeah, that's a big beast to tackle, but uh, we're happy to spread the word about you on on our page. So well, but it does. Yeah, that'll be great. But it needs the message isn't about me. It's bigger than that. It's there's this might be the first domino to fall, but it's, uh, dude, the writing's on the wall. Yeah. 
It's on the wall. Like, and anyone that doesn't connect the dots, they've got their head in the sand. So we'll see what happens. Uh, but the reason why I'm pissed off also, I'm, I'm pissed off again, <laughs> is that last week, some asshole in California who also happened to be a like a circuit judge decided for Wisconsin and Minnesota and Michigan that their wolf seasons are over. I don't, well, I know Wisconsin had a wolf season. I don't know the status of Minnesota and Michigan, but why is some dickhead in California, why does he even have the authority, number one, to make that decision? And number two, like, I don't, it just, it's mind blowing that Wisconsin doesn't have the ability to manage their own predator population. Yeah, no, it, that's frustrating, especially those Great Lakes. You know, we've been fighting the Great Lakes case for 15 years, right? You know, to delist, to delist the wolves. So, you know, go back to your first one about the California judge. He's not just a California judge. He's a district, federal district court judge. Right. So the district courts have federal jurisdiction. And when this is and this is a federal issue, they sued the government. And but of course, it would be a California judge that that's who they probably sought out to, to take. They the probably court. did. But look at the last case, our last uh, court appearance with uh, the Great Lakes case was in Montana and a Montana judge made his ruling to keep them listed. He gave us a path forward in the DPS distinct population segment argument is there. And that's the path forward, but he ultimately kept them listed until we get the DPS and the thresholds figured out that they have to jump through, you know, there. So it, you know, it, you can complain about California and there's probably a legitimate claim there. But there was a Montana judge that ruled the same way. Well, he's got his head up his ass, too. <laughs> you know, and so this is about the lower, you know, the lower 48, which basically right now means the Great Lakes, because the northern Rockies and the adjacent states here in, you know, eastern Washington are already federally delisted, you know. Um, but you guys now, in, in Washington don't have a season. No, but that's because it's under the state endangered species act and they have a wolf plan for the state you know that they have to meet they have to be so many packs in so many areas of the of the state before they can come off the state so they have to get a solid infestation of wolves first yes well i mean if you listen uh, you know i've been sitting in on some of the game commission meetings due to the bear hunt stuff and listening to you know lorna smith our uh, commissioner here who's clearly anti-hunting um talk about how she wants wolves over in the Olympic Peninsula and she would love it. And there's lots of, you know, elk and deer for them. And she just thinks that'd be the greatest thing ever. And we're over here in Eastern Washington saying, take them, well, you know, we'll, we'll help you drop them off. You know, <laughs> uh, put them in Olympic park and uh, help them with that mountain goat problem. They've got that's literally what Olympia part. It's Olympia, right? The Olympic national park. Over on the on the coast there. And that's literally what she said. She wants them there. She wants to be able to look out her window and look at that and go and know there's wolves there. And she's on our game commission. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, you know, so in eastern Washington. Why don't you do this, lady? Why don't you get off your fat ass and go out there and actually spend some time in nature? And then you might see a wolf. Yeah. You're not going to see one off your porch. Yeah. But that's her vision of, oh, this is the yeah. natural world and the natural order. Well, you know what? Maybe it was 250 years ago, but people are going to keep breeding and we're the apex predator. Sorry about you wolves. Y'all are cool and all, but uh, 
two-legged control shit here. Yeah, you got to manage. I mean, you don't turn an apex predator loose in a completely managed ecosystem, which is what it is. We manage from the ground up and you don't turn an apex predator loose with no management. There's got to be a management plan. Yeah. And I, I did also find it quite humorous that, uh, I mean, just this, like I looked at it and I just smirked. me like, those sons of bitches. More, no, it probably pissed me off more than I found humor in it. But uh, Colorado just collared their first gray wolf, Brian. Yeah. And they did this whole song and dance in 2020 about the uh, ballot initiative where they let the general populace vote. So all the potheads in Denver and Boulder vote on whether to reintroduce wolves. Passed by like percentage, like 51%. Yeah. Very close. And they don't even have their introduction started yet. No. This wolf was already there. Yep. And you heard hunters and you heard ranchers in northwest western Colorado saying, we already have wolves here. We already have wolves here. Colorado Parks and Wildlife never formally like admitted that the wolves were already there. And so we did this whole charade on reintroduction when the mother effing wolves were already there. Yeah. We didn't need to reintroduce something that's already there. Yeah. But if you reintroduce it, now you have thresholds and you have legal arguments against management. They can keep tying it up in court like they're doing instead of naturally occurring. And then the game department has control, has more control and more authority over it. Now the animal rights movement and can sue on the technicalities of the thresholds that are put into law and reintroduction measures that they have to meet. They have more control. It's on their field, so to speak. So to speak, we should just feed the animal rights activists to the wolves. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm fired up today, Brian. Um, okay. Before we get into the uh, meat of today's conversation, was there anything else like pressing uh, legislation-wise that you wanted to bring to our attention? I know we had some anti anti-dog breeding stuff in, where was that, New Jersey maybe? New Hampshire. New Hampshire. That would potentially affect uh, hunting dogs. Rabbit, rabbit hunting. So like when everybody tells Beagles. you, you know, like, uh, oh, we don't want to stop hunting. We're not against hunting. We're, we just don't want trophy hunting, using mm -hmm. air quotes. Or, uh, you know, unsporting, unethical hunting, using hounds or going after, you know, what do they call them? Keystone predators, keystone species of wolves and bears. We don't, we, we're just against that. Kind Mountain of lions has been in the press a lot, too. Yeah. And so, but now they're going after rabbits, literally rabbits, the breeding and use of rabbits to train the scenting dogs. So that would wipe out your beagles. You couldn't use uh, rabbits for, uh, you know, the field trials, which is where you prove your bloodlines, which is how you improve the bloodlines, which is. So, how you, you know, I have labs, right? What was that? Can you, you know that I have labs. Yep. I Traditionally. I mean, I, uh, I have little Joe here with me today, but she's going back to training tomorrow but she turned one on sunday so the kids were beating me up since bell died to, yeah. to bring her home for a few days so i went and picked her up anyway can you imagine having a like a master hunt test where they don't shoot live flyers like how would how would you train how would you train a bird dog to fetch ducks without a duck well if they like implemented this rule you wouldn't be allowed to use farm raid like I'm just comparing it to what I yeah. know, labs, yeah. duck dogs. You can't use farm-raised ducks to do your field trials anymore. 
So then that's you're left with wild ducks. Well, that's illegal. Yep. Because you have to eat them, and that's fine. You should have. You shoot them. You should eat them, right? Uh, so what? So what are you supposed to do? They're cutting your balls off, saying, "Oh, you can't use the rabbits, and you can't use ducks for your field trials." Like, yeah. Okay. Well, that's just an underhanded way to say, "How can we get rid of hunting?" Yep. Yep. And you know, and that's that's starting at the uh, at the most basic level of rabbits, small game. Mm-hmm. One of the, one yeah. of the intro, one of the introductory types of hunting. You know, and so when people say they aren't coming after hunting and they just want X, Y, or Z type band, and you know, especially if hunters jump on board and say, "Yeah," you know, it's like, no, here's proofs in the pudding. They just tried to take rabbit hunting and end the use of dogs by destroying the bloodlines and field trials mm-hmm. in one state. What are they? They don't like the AKC. They don't like. They don't like dogs. What's their problem? If you don't dogs. like dogs, dogs are fine. Just don't kill rabbits with them. Right. <laughs> or bears. You know what, though? To be honest, these idiots. Or birds or anything else. They probably, they, I guarantee you, if you went, if you looked in the, <laughs> a, probably, I'm going to say apartment of these people, they probably don't have houses. They probably live in a high rise. They probably have a mutt that they adopted at the SPCA because it makes them feel good. Yeah. They don't even, they probably think that uh, purebred dogs are horseshit. Yeah, they, they don't they don't like purebred dogs by and large. They don't believe in you know any type of corrective punishment. That I mean, I got into it when I was writing. For God bless a mutt. You know, I'm not I'm not bashing mutts. I'm yeah, I'm bashing no. the mindset of yeah. You know, pure, but I got into it. Dogs are evil. A couple of big New York writers. The guy from uh, one of the tech magazines when when Garmin bought Tritronics, mm-hmm. he wrote a huge article about it. And you don't need e collars to correct it basically you know he's put the stereotype out there you push a button you shock the animal you make it do something you know and i wrote a big rebuttal to him and you know they you're what they're asking their dogs to do and what we're asking our dogs to do are two completely different things you know yeah, yeah you don't need an e-collar to teach your dog to sit and while you're having your academy awards party we're asking our dogs to sit or hold point or whatever from hundreds of yards away and it needs to happen instantaneously while in conflict with their greatest desire and instincts, you know, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> different level and different playing field. So where is that? Uh, Where's that currently as far as the legislative process that the New Hampshire bill is dead. We got that. Good. So, okay. I think I saw that on y'all's Instagram. Yeah. And also we got the Colorado uh, mountain lion thing. Kai Bosch. Yep. So that yep. was a big win. Huge win there. Uh, that's what's going to be scary next, though, is so they've tried legislatively now. They've tried other ways. Um, so next, you're probably going to see a ballot initiative in 2023 or 2025. They probably won't do it during, they don't like to do ballot initiatives during presidential elections for fear of, you know, uh, activating the hunting side more or acting with other people. So uh, yeah, you'll probably see some ballot initiative coming. And we've known that for five, six years now, since Cecil the Lion happened and they came out with their report on the deadliest deadliest mountain lion states, also the ones with the best habitat and the largest population, which is, makes it a completely fake report. Um, but I, Arizona and Colorado have been the two that they got their sights set on. They started it in Arizona couple years ago and had to suspend it when Maine Paselli had his sex issues and 
oh gosh, those pesky laws that keep ballot initiatives legitimate got in their way, but they still have half a million dollars in Arizona. Now that looks like they're shifting to uh, Colorado where they could be seeing a ballot initiative here in the next couple of years. Let the potheads decide. Yeah. I'm not anti-pot either. Are you serious? Bears, lions, wolves, protect them all, introduce them all, let the animal, let the predators kill the ungulates. There's no surplus, therefore we have to reduce tags and get rid of hunting. I'm sorry, uh, sir, you have smoked yourself retarded. So. <laughs> <laughs> let emotional and reaction rule wildlife management. Kill the predators when they come in and cause problems, which then cost taxpayers. The animal then gets wasted. I've I've said this before. Like it seems to me that Colorado, which is such an amazing state as far as uh, natural resources, wildlife, man, it's great. It's just like California, which is such an amazing, beautiful place too. But guess what? It looks to me like Colorado is intent on being California Junior. Like they are taking all of the horrible ideas that California has implemented as far as wildlife management goes, and they're trying to put them into Colorado. Well, you know, that's, it all spreads from there and it's, it's here in Washington too, Oregon also, you know, it spreads out up and down the West coast and works its way there. And, and those demographics work well. It's the same problem we have in every state though. Mm -hmm. It's urban areas versus rural. And the urban places are disconnected. They don't understand it. They don't have the consequences and repercussions of the fallout. They'll, they won't feel it for a long, long, long time. So it doesn't matter to them. And the emotional, fuzzy messaging feels great. Sounds good. Yeah, okay. You know, well, it's a very ignorant mind. It works. We can only hope that, <laughs> and this is going to sound terrible to say, but I'm going to say it anyway, uh, because I'm just in a, I don't give a shit mood today. Uh, but we can only hope that when they're walking all of those mutts that they adopted from the SPCA, the mountain lions eat them all. Yeah. In front of them. And they're like, oh, they oh, wait, wait a second. We have too many lions. What yeah. should we do? Oh, well, you know, hunters were taking care of that for you legally. And you still had plenty of mountain lions. Yeah. Now you have way too many. And Fido just got his head ripped off in front of you. Yeah. Yeah. But they won't in downtown Denver, so uh, <laughs> not going to happen at my. Oh, those Denver, those Denverites like to go into the mountains and eat their granola and take their hikes that you and I pay for through hundred dollars. You know, yeah, we yeah. should be we should be getting thank you notes for keeping that shit open for them. Well, Colorado had a program, thank a hunter, with billboards and education stuff, trying to get out the idea that yeah, hunters do this. You know, so there has been an education process there. Thank a hunter for your wildlife thank a hunter for this you know which has been pretty good you yeah. know played some goodwill i mean where i did my uh mountain lion hunt in colorado was in was in rangeley and it was on the uh colorado uh utah border dude it was like being in texas that's not that, that's what colorado was like yeah and denver and boulder have fucked it up for everyone else yeah and that's how it is everywhere i mean here in washington it's seattle and olympia control everything you know and california oregon oregon is just portland that's they yeah. have 2.4 million out of 4 million people so they have more than half the population in the one city you know and then you throw in eugene and salem 
That's all you need. I mean, and that's what makes Arizona scary. That's what makes Colorado score scary. In Arizona, all you got to do is win Phoenix. That's it. Yeah. 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 So that's a scary one there. How's uh how's the city of Chaz doing up in your neck of the woods? Are they still rocking and rolling up there? No, I think they got rid of that. So, <laughs> yeah, that's just unbelievable. <laughs> I haven't been over on that side of the mountains in a couple of years, and friends are like, I don't oh. want to. I'm like, no, I'm not going over to the dark side. Yeah. Um, okay, we're having fun here. Moving along, though. You sent me this press release. And and historically speaking, like the last what five presidents maybe have opened up more access for public land for hunters. Yeah, five, five, including Biden, just a couple months ago, have expanded mm-hmm. access on the National Wildlife Refuge. You see it every time a new president comes up. Oh, so and so just expanded historically, expanded, opened more land to hunting, hunting and fishing and angling, you know, trapping on the National Wildlife Refuge, you know. Uh, yeah, literally Biden just opened more than any other president a couple months ago. Well, he had to one up Trump. So yeah, pretty much that's kind of what's what it's been. The pattern has been is each one does a little bit more than the one before. Sure. And it's a good thing, right? We everyone that listens to this show would be like, "Hey, more public access." That's great because you know what? I mean, being in <coughs> Texas where we're ninety-eight percent privately owned, like getting a lease is is hard. Yeah, I I just lost one lease. I'm trying to find another one. I had an advantage because of uh, they they still haven't they haven't deleted my Facebook page yet, so I was able to post on there that I was looking for a lease. I'm fortunate to find a, a better one than the one I lost. Most people, dude, I mean, that's the number one question that I get, Brian, is, hey, can you help me? Find, do you have any leads on a lease? And I'm just kind of like, dude, I, there's, I, no, I don't. Craigslist, Facebook, those are your best places to look. Yeah. Uh, people don't realize there's leases get posted on Craigslist pretty regularly. But um, we're, like I said, leases are so hard to get. Public land is so important. And that's yeah. where I cut my teeth, public land hunting for ducks. Uh, I, I head out west every year, love chasing elk and mule deer. Public access is, I think that without that, the future of our sport is going to go away. It can't all just be privatized. Hunting is only for for private landowners or leasers, leases. Uh, that would be the that would be the death knell for us as a community. So you see these presidents opening up more access. That's great. Unfortunately, when Trump did it, though, some animal rights groups. What well, I think it was the uh, Center for uh, Center for Biological Diversity. So. Yeah. So, yes, I mean, actually, this goes back to the 1990s. Uh-huh. You know, Bill Horn, who was our uh, our legal team and heads that up, he, you know, worked closely in Congress. And I think he actually served in Congress at one time. He saw the wildlife refuge stuff and came up with this idea that we need to open this up and make sure that it is hunters have access to this as we go forward, wherever it's compatible and shopped it around, got Don Young out of Alaska and a couple others to sign on and pushed it through. And then Clinton signed it. It was the 1997 Refuge Improvement Act. that said hunting and fishing, trapping will take place where it's compatible and will be a priority use. So it's been great. And that's what set the stage for all these presidents to open up more access, more and more access. So Trump did it. He opened 2.2 million acres Biden just did it, opened a little bit more, claimed historic opening of public lands for hunting and angling. 
uh, within the National Wildlife Refuge. So he has done one good thing then. And yeah, you know, so I, I was thinking about it the other day. I was like, what is he was has he done anything that's helped America? Oh, there there it is. There you, just, you just said it. he's done one thing. Great. There we go. But yeah. Center for Biological Diversity, who's got a couple of different lawsuits and things going on right now, they they love to sue and then get the taxpayer to pay for their legal bill if they get any type of victory at all. Oh, and I bet they love to sue the scary orange man. Yep. And so that's what they did. They they sued over Trump's 2020 expansion of of the National Wildlife Refuge. And so the case has been moving forward. We were jumping in there. We were talking to some folks that use wildlife refuges. And basically their argument is that hunting and fishing, they'll trample critical wildlife, endangered species habitat during nesting seasons. They will uh, increase lead poisoning by, from spent ammunition. Who pays to keep those refuges open? Mm-hmm, yeah. But, uh, and then the other argument is that grizzly bears, endangered species such as grizzly bears, could be shot either unintentionally by black bear hunters or it could be shot in self defense with conflict. And so they've singled out, you know, 19 or 30, something like that, uh, wildlife refuges that this is an issue on. And so we were lining up our legal side. We were, you know, jumping as, in as a friend of the court, you know, and we were pushing we're we're making our move to defend this well and then we got news that the biden administration and center for biological diversity put in a joint stay with the courts so they can sit down and negotiate this so the biden administration is going to be negotiating yours brian lynn and mine cable smith and everyone else listening negotiating our rights as hunters on land that we own that has been given to us and we don't have a seat at the table? We don't have a seat at the table. One, they're negotiating. What are you negotiating? This is pretty clearly spelled out in law and has been for two and a half decades. What are you negotiating? If you're negotiating, you're giving something up. Right. And you're not, why are you giving it up? And two, you're, you're negotiating our hunting rights and fishing rights and trapping without us being at the table? You're doing this behind closed doors? No. No, no, no. <laughs> that is so mind-blowing. And, and I think the thing that irks me the most about it is why are they fucking caving to these people? Like, why, does, why do we give a shit what the question. Center for Diversity wants, thinks, or feels? Especially I don't. legal standing. They have no right. legal standing. The the science says that hunters support it. Like, yeah, but even the conflict's going to end. You you say no more hunting because uh, uh, black bear hunters are going to accidentally shoot a grizzly bear. Like, uh, how often does that actually happen? Not yeah. very often, if ever. You could probably look it up and find one or two instances. Now, do grizzly bears attack people? Yes. Are people going to stop going to those areas just because they're not allowed to hunt? No. no. Yeah. And it'll be the granola ones that are getting eaten. Yeah. So, I mean, there, there isn't a good legal argument, so there's no reason to be caving and negotiating. Oh, dude, it's so frustrating. So, yeah, that's... You're, you're what the, a you're underhanded get this. <laughs> slap in the face of every sportsman in this country for them to be doing this behind closed doors, negotiating with a clear threat 
to hunting and conservation. What an ironic name, too, the Center for Diversity. Biological diversity. Yeah. When really it should be, we want to stop hunting and so that all the animals can go extinct. Yeah. Yeah. And so, So that they by devaluing, I mean, there's nothing new on this show we talk about all the time. You devalue or you put no value on an animal. Guess what? The animal starts to struggle. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, wait, this an- this animal that wasn't endangered, now it is. Yeah. Why is that? Yep. Yep. So, uh, yeah, we need to make some noise on this. Contact your senators and your rep- representatives, your federal ones. So they can be put in. I mean, there there are a lot of those people are up for uh, midterms here. So those guys need to be responsive and putting pressure on the Biden administration to stop negotiating and don't cave. Yeah, well, I mean, I wouldn't expect anything less from this administration. So they did one good thing and then he followed up by this horse shit. Of- yeah, and, that, and that's a good point. Like, wait couple months ago six months ago you were celebrating the expansion of this and now you're negotiating on it what's going on like that you know there's all sorts of unanswered questions here and, and i think it needs to be pointed out too like okay they didn't sue when obama did it they didn't sue now they didn't when, sue when biden did it biden just <laughs> did it it's clearly a political thing yeah i don't know so what is what is the like the situation there as far as they're just going to just continue the negotiations and then we're all just kind of left in the dark. We don't know when a decision will be reached. Yeah, no, they, they asked for a stay until April 8th, I believe it was. Um, so a stay in the, in the proceedings until April 8th, until they can talk and negotiate, sit down and talk and negotiate. And we damn well better be in the room and know what's going on. I mean, that's- Well, that's why it's so important to let everyone know, that we now are aware of their attempt to negotiate behind our backs. Yeah. Um, so like you said, write your elected officials. doesn't matter if they're Republican or Democrat. They need to be aware of what's going on here and know that we are, as sportsmen aren't going to stand for it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and make noise. So they hopefully send the chain, send the message up the chain to, to the Biden administration. And a lot of, like I said, a lot of these folks are up for midterm elections and a lot of them are in tight races. So making some noise right now about this hat carries a little more weight for those folks. And meanwhile, Biden's approval rating is at 33% in some polls. And the highest that I've seen is 41%. So he's doing a great job. (laughs) (laughs) And that kind of shit will get you canceled off Instagram, apparently. Yeah, yeah. I know the truth hurts. It really hurts. It's right. It gets you right in the feels when people tell the truth. Yeah. Can't handle the truth. Yeah. Also on this note, we are coming out with this week, the, our, the economic impact of hunting and sport shooting nationwide down to your legislative district, all 435 legislative districts. It will have the economic impact of how many hunters are in each district within each state uh, how many jobs they support, their contribution to the GDP, how much that represents in state taxes, federal taxes, you know, and it's something like if hunting and shooting were, were a uh, business, what was it, number three, number 52? I can't remember. Hmm. 
But uh, that is coming out also, which you can use with your legislators and uh, friends and family. They're cool little graphics that can be printed out and uh, used. So I do, I, I do have a question, and this is very important for people to understand where money is coming from. Is the other end of the spectrum included in this report as far as how those dollars are being allocated once they're collected? So for instance, um, Pittman-Robertson dollars, which I always go back to this, um, this idea that you can be a Democrat and still support hunting and conservation. Okay, I'm going to call bullshit because here's why, Brian. What, what funds conservation in this country? Pittman-Robertson dollars, right? A large amount of it. What funds the Pittman-Robertson Act? of 19 was it 37 yeah 1937 i'll tell you what the biggest funding component is bullets being sold bullets and guns. guns being sold the majority of people that buy guns and bullets aren't hunters we're still of that subset of people it's 80 million americans i believe own, own firearms we are like a small percentage of that yep. maybe a third you know Two out of three gun owners probably don't hunt. That's cool. But guess what? They're still buying the shit out of ammunition. Yep. And so how can you, if you're saying you're a sportsman, vote Democrat when they want to take your guns away, as they've said it, Biden said, ran on a platform of stricter gun control. They don't want people buying two, two, three bullets. They don't want people buying nine millimeter bullets. They don't want that. So I don't, I just is like a, you're walking contradiction to me and you're no friend of mine if that's your mindset. And if, sorry, if that, you know what? I'm not sorry. You know, I don't care if people get their feelings hurt. Hey, you're fired up today. I don't give a shit <laughs> at all. So don't tell me that you're pro-conservation and then turn around and vote against the Pittman-Robertson Act because that funds conservation. Unless you have some other plan that we don't know about to replace all of that lost funding, then don't tell me that. Yeah, I mean... uh that's true. I mean, Brian's like, what do I do with this? this? <laughs> these well, no, they, these reports, you know, you can like, damn it, up. Cable. You didn't tell me you were going to be so freaking <laughs> mad, mad today. Cause yeah. usually I'm not, I'm usually a pretty nice docile. Yeah. I mean, I'm there's passionate there's about hunting and conservation always, but there, there's the Pittman Robertson side of things. And then there's also our contributions just from where we stand and what we're paying in state and local taxes. And, everything else that, you know, will be of interest to your local legislators. Like, hey, start paying attention to us. Here's $63 million, you know, in federal taxes on top of Pittman-Robertson Act that we're yeah. responsible for. You know, yeah. this many jobs within your district, this much tax revenue within your district, you know, so they're handy little printouts that you can have to share, download, email, whatever you want. So it's a great education tool. And is, and is this out now? Uh, it will be shortly. Yes. Okay. And can we find that on the, uh, Sportsman's Alliance website here in the next week? So something yep, like that? Probably Thursday. And it, and give me the title of like, if you wanted to search it on the internet, what would you be Googling? Or actually you might probably use DuckDuckGo because Google probably won't help you out with anything that has anything to do with the truth these days. Uh, let's see. I mean, I've, I've created the release, but haven't uh, put it out there yet. Uh, where 
is it economic impact release economic impact of hunting and shooting in america by legislative district is the name of the release uh can't remember what we're going with on the on the website okay well that's cool so at least people can figure out uh what to search for 2020 economic impacts of hunting and target shooting report well you could just go to sportsman's alliance dot it's uh, it's actually live right now okay haven't haven't put out the release yet because we got this Biden stuff coming. We don't want that to swallow this up. Ah, yeah. I got to stagger this for the next couple of days. Um, but it is live on our website under reports in the top nav there at sportsmensalliance.org reports, sports slash reports. And there's a nice little map there. There's a state by state and every district within the state. Excellent. That That's very important uh, that you that you guys have, have brought this to the table. Just... People need to know where all of this money, all of the good that we are doing for conservation, for for keeping public land public. Um, yeah, I'm, I can't wait to look at it. I mean, as soon as we get off this call, I'm going to go check it out. Yeah, yeah. And this isn't uh, based on Pittman-Robertson. This is right. how many hunters live in each district and how many jobs they support, what they're contributing in taxes at state, local, and federal level, uh, salaries and wages that they support, you know, so, and the total, total multiplier effect of those, of that money coming in based on hunting and sports shooting. So I, I was just on a, on a different note, I was just talking to, uh, well, I was trying to get a hold of Ted Nugent about what what's happened and and you know he clearly has a voice and i wanted to talk to him about some of the censorship he's experienced and i, I got a hold of uh, his headquarters and i'm in, end up talking to this guy named toby for freaking almost an hour about everything that's going on and, and how do we as an outdoor industry come together and stand up against censorship and, and big tech um and then, like thirty minutes through the conversation, he's like, "Full disclosure, my last name's Nugent, by the way." <laughs> so it was Ted's. It was Ted's son, and I mean, the dude and I were just like lock and key, like step and step here. Um, but uh, he said that that this group called Hunter Nation will be releasing a report on where all of the dollars. So you're talking about w- the origin of the dollars by district by region. This is more of a how those dollars are being allocated once they've been, you know, once they've been collected. Uh, so that I think Hunter Nation, I'm not familiar with that organization. I'm going to do some research here, but uh, I'm also going to check out that report because it'd be interested to see how much of those Pittman Robertson dollars are going back into the um, public lands. Going yeah. back to what I just said. It, it, Pittman Robertson has to be used um you know for hunting fishing conservation shooting ranges that's very specific in what Pittman Robertson Dingle Johnson dollars get used for you know and that's allocated by law and it's distributed by an equation with how many licenses are sold you know and so which which is in your report no this is no no the the hunters so licenses sold you know if you're saying well this is a hunter they've bought a license yes Yes. So that's in your report. We have how many hunters are in each state or how many licenses were sold in each state, you know, but it's two separate things. You're talking Pittman Robertson, which takes a percentage of 
taxes from shooting, you know, from certain trolling motors and whatever, puts it in a fund and then reallocates it. Right. This breaks down every state's legislative district into, hey, there's 21 hunters, 2100 hunters living in District 5 of Washington State. Mm. They represent this much. They support this many jobs, this many salaries. They put this much back in their taxes, not Pittman-Robertson taxes, local yeah. tax. You know, and so there's two different collective powers at work there. Your Pittman Robertson stuff purchases and, you know, retail sales over here, which are purchases. Which means that hunters and anglers are getting taxed twice on all that stuff. And guess what? We are happy to do that. Yeah. Just leave us alone. Let us use it. Just leave us the fuck alone. (laughs) All right, I'm a, I apologize for all the foul language today, guys. Uh, hopefully, we'll clean it up for the next one. But <laughs> yeah, I'm uh, I'm a little riled up, but always great visiting with you, Brian. Uh, love everything that Sportsman's Alliance stands for. Everything that you guys do, the importance of keeping tabs on anti-hunting, anti-trapping, anti-dog breeding. Um, Everything that's going on that could affect our way of life across 50 states is a daunting task. Uh, and without you guys keeping, you know, keeping your thumb squarely on the pulse of the anti-hunting movements in each state, you wouldn't, a lot of people would never even hear about this stuff. Yeah. Well, you might hear about what you might hear about what's going on in Washington. If you live there, you, you wouldn't know about a rabbit situation in New Hampshire. Yeah. Yeah, but it affects all of us. We try to kill it before we even have to put anything out. If we can kill it before we even have to talk about it, that's the best way to go. Mm. That's why you got to. That's like killing a buck in the you know before the rut starts. You got to get them in the pre-rut. Yep. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right, man. Well, hey, thanks again. Sportsmensalliance.org is the website, Brian. Appreciate it, and uh, I look forward to our next conversation. Thank you, buddy. So there he goes, our good friend Brian Lynn. Over at Sportsmen's Alliance, <laughs> to think that the Biden administration has the gall to sit there behind closed doors and and potentially negotiate you and I's rights away as hunters and conservationists. Mm. But yeah, yeah, BHA keep telling people to vote blue. <laughs> Freaking hypocrites! Oh. Jeez. Anyway, thank you for tuning in to episode 18 of Campfire Conversations. We'll be back with more content coming up in the near future. Until next time, I'm Cable Smith. You guys have a great week.